So Nation, I have to tell you, that was uh, the scariest, most stressful decisions I've ever had to make as an administrator. And um, I, as a whole, I hope this pandemic is a uh, once in a career challenge that we won't ever have to go through again. Hello, I'm Nation Han, and this is the Awake 58 podcast. Over the past 16 months, I've spent 20 days on the campus of Asheville Buncombe Technical College, or AB Tech. When it became clear that COVID-19 wasn't going away anytime soon during the early summer of 2020, our team decided to embed ourselves in communities across the state to see how the pandemic impacted the entirety of the community over time. The entire team at AB Tech was kind enough to open up the doors of their institution for multiple visits over the course of 2020 and 2021. This podcast features audio from multiple conversations over the course of the year as the leadership, faculty, staff, and students made their way through the pandemic. The person you heard from as we opened is Beth Stewart. Beth is the Vice President of Instructional Services at AB Tech. Today, you'll hear more from her and her experience with COVID-19. I had been on the road some prior to everything shutting down, and I was starting to see little indicators of, of the, the nervousness of people out in public. Um, I was flying back from Texas about a week before everything shut down, and people on airplanes were starting to wear masks, and there was hand sanitizer everywhere. And it started to occur to me that this was real and this was going to hit us. It was going to hit us hard. And um, I, I will never forget that I was in a meeting with Dr. Joe Barwick, who was our interim president at the time. And he looked at me and he said, well, what do you want to do? And we had been looking into several options for a continuity of education if we had to shut down. But honestly, we had never really considered up until that point shutting down. And other colleges started doing it and suddenly it made the most sense. So um, I wrote a, a, an email to my faculty and staff on a Thursday night. And I told them that we were gonna be exper- uh, extending our spring break. And uh, that when we came back in two weeks, we would uh, uh, put everything that we could online. And as I was sitting there typing that, I was just thinking about um, the movie Frankenstein. And I could just see, you know, my faculty and staff showing up to uh, my doorstep with pitchforks and torches and saying, what the heck are you doing? And, and instead, you know, they did everything that they could to move mountains, to uh, provide the best education that we could during this pandemic. And they've really just done a phenomenal job. At that time, we only had about 20, 25% of our classes uh, that were 100% online. The rest of our courses had at least a partial live uh, in-person uh, presence, and to flip all but about 15% of the classes to an online uh, presence, completely online presence in two weeks, was truly a monumental task. At the same time as the pandemic began to unfold, AB Tech was looking for a new president. Joe Barwick was serving as interim president of AB Tech after Dennis King retired from the role. Meanwhile, a short 40-minute drive down I-40, John Gossett was serving as president of McDowell Tech. Gossett would ultimately be chosen to be the next president of AV Tech by their board. His tenure began on July 1st, 2020, a few months into the pandemic. I'll have people in the community ask, you know, how do you like AV Tech? And the truthful answer is, I don't know, 
because who I believe AB Tech to be has not been here. You know, our, our students are, are learning at a distance. They do come in for labs and clinicals, um, but you know, the, the campus by and large is at a distance. The students aren't here and I'm just not meeting our faculty. I'm not meeting our employees. So I am really looking forward to that day when everybody can come back and you know, we can have a picnic. Gossett has not had a normal experience during his tenure as president of AB Tech. Last winter, when we spoke, he sounded about as down and out as I'd ever heard him. When, when it first hit, the, the media was saying 15 days to flatten the curve. And then, you know, 15 days went into a couple of months. In January, of course, the weather was no good, uh, like all winters are. And I don't know that we saw a light at the end of the tunnel. And as dark as it was, I'm not sure we saw the walls of the tunnel, if, if you'll let me use that metaphor. So, yeah, it was it was tough. And here we are going into yet another semester uh, with students struggling with the online platforms. Many of our students were choosing not to come back. They had to take care of children at home. They had to take care of their parents. Um, they had to try to cobble together work if they had work. So education was low on their priority list. Throughout those dark months, Gossett and his team preached about the importance of grace. I've been handing out poker chips to people I see. Of course, I don't see a lot because, you know, we're not around a lot. As a, a talisman to keep in your pocket, on your desk, on your nightstand. When things get tough, when, you know, when you've had enough of the day, maybe that can be a reminder. Give each other some, some grace and, and cut yourself some slack too. This pandemic is something that nobody has ever experienced. And we're all trying to do the best we can with great intentions. Um, so it's been a good reminder for me, and uh, I, I enjoy uh, handing those out and telling people, you know, these last two years have not been good. In addition to preaching grace, the AB Tech team also zeroed in on some low-cost but important innovations to support their entire team. So um, in the early days of the pandemic, in the first actual probably week or so that we were off campus, uh, it became very evident to us that a lot of our faculty were going to struggle being isolated. Uh, and some of our faculty and staff, or staff as well, um, you know, faculty are usually pretty social beings. They like to talk to their colleagues in the hall. They like to see their students. And all of a sudden, to be cut off from all of that, that was, that was difficult for a lot of our faculty and, again, for our staff. So one of the things I did early on was I uh, appointed a morale officer, uh, a guy by uh, the name of Ron Lane, who is our Dean of Academic Success and Public Service. And Ron is just a, a real advocate for faculty, especially our adjuncts, in the best of times. And he seemed like the logical uh, option in the worst of times to, to take on that role. And he came up with a lot of really creative things, working with our professional development team and others on campus. Uh, for example, we um, stood up a faculty and staff virtual art show where uh, faculty and staff who, who were creative could, you know, put together visual art and, and show it on a uh, SharePoint site. 
And uh, we're actually doing a, a competition now with prize money for uh, the best of the best. Um, working with our writing center, they put together a, um, a, uh, a writing showcase, I guess you could call it, of, um, again, faculty and staff who are doing fiction writing and nonfiction writing as well. Um, and, and that was great because it allowed faculty and staff to engage in new and creative ways. The college has also used these moments and months to prepare for the future using federal funds that were provided as far as the government's response to the pandemic. And so we're spending some of this money on um, uh, certification preparation uh, to build new cybersecurity programs that are going to be, we think, a hot commodity. Uh, you know, after the cyber breach at the, in the gas facilities this summer and the, the problems that that caused, it's a hot field right now. And I think we're going to be able to recruit several students in, into that program because of this funds, because of these funds now. But we've also been very cautious about making sure that we're purchasing things that will help us deliver uh, many, if not all of our classes in different uh, delivery formats so that if the pandemic gets worse again, which unfortunately right now it looks like it is, um, or if we get hit with the next pandemic or the next cyber attack that closes things down, we'll be able, we'll be better prepared to continue with education, regardless of if we can come to campus or not. And so we're purchasing um, uh, camera equipment so that we can do lecture capture and uh, do a better job of, of zooming classes to students at home who may not be able to come to class because they have COVID or who may miss a class because of childcare or elder care. And now they'll be able to watch a, a lecture capture of that class. So that we think is gonna really enhance our education. And while they prepare for what's next, they have also dealt with the very present issues of right now, including how to bolster the vaccination rate on their campus. We've decided to use some of those federal dollars to incentivize vaccinations among our students. So students who present a, a vaccination card to our student services division, um, they can get a, a, a gift certificate to our bookstore for $150. And if you know about the cost of, of textbooks, which could be a whole nother podcast and article and, and uh, uh, discussion, um, $150 in our bookstore goes a long way for our students. So we're really happy that we could do that. And we're looking at some possible incentive plans for faculty and staff to try to up the numbers of vaccinations among our own ranks as well. And we're, we're bringing vaccine buses to the campus for all of our special events in the fall uh, to try to get people to sign up and get those shots in arms. And as we discussed dealing with the many issues of the present, my conversations with Beth and John and their team naturally turned to how the college was using this moment to prepare for the future. You know, it, this pandemic has caused a societal change that is unlike anything we have ever seen. Employers are begging people to come to work and they're just not coming back. Uh, we're begging students to come to school and they're slowly trickling in, but not like we thought they would. So uh, we're really pulling out all the stops, trying to entice people to come back, go ahead and get a head start on your career, because this pandemic won't last forever. And you will need uh, training and knowledge uh, to get back on your feet. And we want to be here to make that happen. The fact that our uh, IT program can now set up virtual servers that students can play with on their laptops, 
from anywhere in the world is amazing. They don't have to necessarily come to the campus and actually touch the real server. They can work on a virtual server from anywhere. And so regardless of future pandemics or uh, uh, not, that gives our students better opportunities to be able to take classes. It's gonna be better for our parents who, uh, our, our students who are parents who maybe can't take classes during the day like normal, like regular students do, but they're gonna be able to take those same classes at night or on the weekends because they don't have to have the physical access to the equipment. Um, so it's, it's gonna do a lot more for access and it's gonna do a lot more for the skills that our students have. Um, there will always be a need for brick and mortar. One of the things that we have seen in this past year is that there are a lot of students who have not been willing to come back to college yet because they're afraid that we're gonna to have to shut it back down for COVID. Uh, and a lot of students who have expressed the fact that they're not online learners and, and the distance education isn't gonna work for them. So there's always gonna be that need for brick and mortar but that doesn't mean that we can't infuse uh, the same technology that we're using for distance education into the classroom to give the students those opportunities to do things. Our industry is created for the 18 to 21 year old, no mortgage, no bills, no obligations, who can set aside two years, four years, put everything else on the back burner, full-time, student that's not reality anymore even the the 19 20 year olds have got more obligations than they did when when this system was created we have to be resilient we have to be creative in how we structure our programs structure our classes structure the funding uh pell federal pell grant is based on literally a full-time student who can come to school and, and kind of ignore, ignore everything else. That's not reality. Adults don't have the time to come Monday, Wednesday, Friday for 16 weeks to take a class in the middle of the morning. But that's the way our schedule works. We've got to redo our schedule. And Pell has to understand that uh, not all education happens on the academic side of the house. An awful lot of it happens in workforce development where we can go in, teach a skill short term, uh, four weeks, six weeks, whatever it takes, and, and get that supported through federal Pell dollars. And part of the future for AB Tech and the rest of the 58 community colleges in North Carolina may well be determined by what our state wants from our community colleges moving forward. It's the will of the people will determine that. I think there is a place for a comprehensive community college in the world of higher ed. But North Carolina has got to decide, is that what we want? Um, of course, yeah, I've spent my entire career in this industry. I think we're the best thing going. Um, I think that we can provide, to be honest, better education, especially for the first two years of a, of a transfer degree, because our faculty have master's degrees. When I was an undergrad, about half of those first two years were taught by grad students. So there's no comparison there. 
um, we can be very nimble and quick to help business and industry with their workforce training. Uh, we do it now and we do it well. But is that what is that what North Carolina wants? You know, I, I think that's the ultimate question. We have been resilient. We have been flexible. We will continue. We will continue. But we've got to have new funding sources. We've got to be able to be uh, entrepreneurial in the way we do our work. Uh, a lot of us feel like our hands are tied in that regard, and, and there's just not a lot of uh, new streams of funding that you know we can avail ourselves to. Um, so we we have to drop barriers of bureaucracy so we can be as flexible as we need to be to serve our communities. The need will never change. Will the desire of the state keep up with that need? Thank you. Thank you. It's always good to have you. Good to be here. Good to be here. Thank you for listening to this Awake 58 podcast. And thanks to AB Tech, John Gossett, Beth Stewart, Carrie Glover, and so many other members of their team for welcoming me to their campus over the last year plus. If you like what you hear, please rate and share this episode. You can also check out the rest of EdNC's coverage on our website, ednc.org, and follow us on Facebook and Twitter at EducationNC. This podcast is a production of Education NC. This episode was produced by the talented Allie Lindenberg. Thank you so much.